Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We think that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 118. Suns fan here with Cinder, and after taking a week off, truly apologize. We'll talk about why that was a little bit later in the podcast. I am fighting horrible jet lag, Cinderin. It's only been a couple days since we've been back. I know you had a nice two-hour flight back home. and mine true. Was a... I had two flights. All right. Mine was three flights over the course of 20 hours. Uh, kill me, please. So, well, how are you doing? I forgot to ask I'm, you. I'm fine, Shannon. I'm great. I'm so happy to hear that, Cinderin. Thank you. Uh, let's let's go through our patron shout-outs, shall we? Uh, I'll take the first half. So thank you to Position 5 Jungle Wraith King for Cavern Crawl. Heroin Horse is the greatest third position Dota 2 player in the world. Disco Farm D, mid-Jakiro at TI, mark my words. P.S. Love the ESL cast. Thank you. <laughs> Vincent Darksea. Mediocre Knight Artorius and his good boy Sylph the Sword Dog. <clears throat> Sorry, this, the text is really small for me. And I'm very tired. Semper Pi, Hakuna Matata, the guy in the chair, Esquire, Lucas Frankel, Commander Donut, I'm playing position five IRL, Bread Sheeran, Bonsai Wise Guy, Chicken Pot Pie, Chakar, playing against Wyvern on lane is so shitty, his second spell should be called Sphincter Blast. The Megapope. It's time to rhyme the lime of crime and time to water elephants. TI in New Zealand. And Zan Xavier. And Nate Thicko 01 Hamscroats. And Bacon. Damn, you said you wanted half and you, you're definitely at like 57% now. You yeah, must be true. full of energy. I am. Get ready and grab your popcorn, kids. Today we're watching two elephants having sex. That's, a, that's another... Uh, Patron, by the way, no. Could oh, you weren't just saying that? that? I mean, I could have. Shark TM, Onion the Dog, oh. Novi Panda, Dop, Sosnek in Japanese is Niniku, as I am half Japanese. Nothing to see here, underscore man. Ben Broom had really wanted them to give back Doom's HP region on Devour. Now he's depressed and his ice rocks fault. Sag. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Done Talk, Anonymous. Buying my friendship with Suns fan for $30 a month. <laughs> Peter, the guy who killed Batman's parents, saved tons of lives. Niebling and Perkadirk hopes he changed it in time this time. Good job, Perk. Yes, thank you, everybody. We appreciate you. Uh, it sounds like death. I love it. <clears throat> I'm doing great. Thank you guys for, uh, for the... What's the word for this? Patronage. There yes, thank you for being our... Our friends for $30 a month. <laughs> that was, that's a good name for sure. Uh, okay, uh, let's get started with a very, I mean, it's been, I think, a, close to a week now, obviously, since we've been 
away. We haven't gotten to talk about any of this, but uh, if you guys haven't heard, Duno, I think is how you say his name, a caster from the Philippines has died of COVID, which came to a shot as a shock to a lot of people because I actually don't know how old he was. Uh, Nikki was friends with him uh, since she is Filipino as well. Uh, obviously, terrible tragedy, something that a lot of people weren't expecting. I think he was posting on Facebook for a while, for a few weeks, that he had COVID, and it was just like progressively getting worse. And then, like, it's so weird. You see somebody post something a couple days before they go, and they just seem normal, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we'll talk about what, what Valve did as kind of uh, an honorary thing, memorial, I guess you can call it. Um, but yeah, so that's Have very you, unfortunate. Did you ever meet him? I think I met him one time at TI. No, I think I, so. I never met him. Okay. He seemed very, he was like a very friendly and energetic person. That's my, my memory, but it was only fleeting. I haven't met him for, it was just for like a minute or two or something. More. Yeah. So Nikki was saying, cause she knows a lot more about him since they've talked before many times. Uh, and He's extremely famous. This a lot of this stuff I wasn't really aware of. Like obviously we've heard of a lot of his voice lines that have been in the game right. many times. Uh, but apparently he was very humble and extremely famous in the Philippines where he would just get stopped constantly, but he was extremely nice about it. Like like you and I know that there's some people if they're gonna get stopped constantly, they they're not the most humble people, but he was. So that uh was nice to hear. But yeah, very sad. And I feel like I I do need to say this. Um, in the Philippines, especially, and Nikki has family there as well. And she hears things like firsthand from them, but very hard to find vaccines. Uh, sometimes you have to wait for a really long time and, and like a, like some long ass line, you just don't even get it. So you have to waste an entire day of like work where you could be working. Like the situation in the Philippines is not great with COVID in terms of like getting vaccines. So, uh, I think, I know some people don't want to hear this, but uh, if you guys are able to access vaccines, if you're in America or you know some other country where they're giving them away and it's pretty easy to find, you're just choosing not to, I highly encourage you to do so. Uh, just because you're young doesn't mean you're out of the woods. Um, and I, I know there's like this sentiment of people that are like, I'm not going to get it because you know what you shouldn't tell me what. The, actually, I don't even know what the perspective is. If I'm being perfectly honest, but at the end of the day, uh, you're affecting other people by not getting the vaccine. If you're not going to leave your house or have any human contact for the next X amount of years, then fine, don't do anything. But uh, there's some people that, like from some countries that are unable to get it, and there's some people that are physically unable to get a vaccine because of issues uh, with their health. And generally speaking, the longer the virus is out there, the more mutations that there's going to be and the more mutations that there are going to be, the, it's going to get worse for everybody, including people that are vaccinated as well. So it affects everybody. Um, and the so, best reason you could come up with for not getting it was you don't tell me what to do, which is a pretty bad reason. So Yeah. Well, and there's, there's the sentiment that it's political, politicized to some degree, which I... Which is absolutely ridiculous and kind of a tragedy when you think about it yeah i mean it's just science i don't know what else to say it's anyway i didn't want to make that a whole thing but 
obviously thoughts to Duno's family and all his fans, which there are many of across the world. Uh, so very sad indeed. Um, so I guess segueing off of that, Cinderin, there was a Dota Plus update today, yep. which uh, I guess we can talk about all the features, but uh, came with the literal worst treasure I've ever seen in my entire life, uh, which we won't even Good. talk about the heroes of. Uh, came out with some Nemesis features um, from the actual last battle pass, which I believe, let me see what they actually were. Neutral item suggestions and enhanced quick buy recommendations. Right. Yeah, those were actually good. Yeah, those are helpful for sure. And then obviously they've updated the the seasonal quest and guild rewards. And this is where the what I was talking about segueing. Uh, one of the rewards for platinum guilds is some of the lines from Duno. Uh, the easiest money of my life, Lakad, Matatag, Normalin, Normalin, and the next level play. So those are free for people that are part of platinum guilds, which to my understanding, you don't have to pay for Dota Plus to be in a platinum guild. So uh, at, like first thing that popped in my head is, wow, you have to pay for this, but I don't think you actually do. After looking yeah, I think it, so. every player can just join a guild, right? I, I'm pretty sure that's just open. Yeah. So yeah, that's the yep. Dota Plus update. Is there anything you want to talk about with this Dota Plus update? You want to move on? I think we move on. Uh, the main thing was Duno. Yep. Okay. For the, which is nice. It's nice that they're doing something to like, yeah, commemorate him in the game. Yep, for sure. Okay. Let's move on to ESL One Fall 2021, Cinderin. So, do you want to talk about the tournament first or our experiences first? Um, uh, you choose. You seem right. like you're good at making decisions right now. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I feel like I'm drunk and I haven't drank alcohol in years, probably. Um. Okay. Let's talk about our experiences first. So, I people were wondering where I was for the group stage. And I actually got flown down. I'm not going to give details on this, but I got flown down to Germany with to the ESL offices with Slacks and Purge, and we shot a bunch of commercial content, I guess you could call it. You've seen like the DHL ads, right? So it's like super high production value commercial uh, skits. And we spent five days shooting that, and it was fucking hilarious. Uh, I got to play... A, a few different characters, which based on their script were very boring. So I added a little flair to them. Uh, sadly, it was like right before the tournament and they couldn't get it done to show for ESL one fall. So they said it's going to be probably just for whatever the next tournament's going to be, which I have no idea, like right. November, December, like it could be for the DPC. Not sure. Uh, but yeah, got to hang out with Shane as well. And he, I, the thing I love that I'm starting to appreciate more now that I'm getting older is like before I didn't really care that much because I've I've traveled a lot in my life, even before esports. But when we're at events, we don't get to see anything. Like I don't get to experience mm -hmm. culture. Uh like out of e this is not an exaggeration. Out of every event I've ever done in the last 10 years in Dota, the only time I did sightseeing was like legit sightseeing was in Croatia for Dota Pit. And it was when I went with Digital Chaos when I owned the team, 
and they just bombed out like immediately, like within the first day. So it just provided nice. us with an ample amount of time to just go sightseeing. It was really nice. Like Croatia was super fucking nice. So got the opportunity to do that. Got to eat some uh, schnitzel, some bratwurst, Ooh. and yeah, I got to walk around uh, Cologne a little bit, and then flew down to Stockholm with you and all the other casting people Purge came with. Flew up, Shannon. Germany is south. Flew around to that area, and mm-hmm. please tell me you knew this. I did. Went north. No, actually. So the thing is, I actually my geography used to be really good. It's really bad now, especially for Europe. I don't know where I am ever. Like, it's it's actually embarrassing. It's like the average American what you would expect, which is sad because I've been everywhere. Well, I guess I can't place all the states north and south of each other either. So. Yeah, that's the only. That's what I would say is typically the the counter argument to that but anyway uh cologne we'll talk about the casting in a second but on the later stages i got to go out with buka uh to a persian restaurant which you abandoned us and didn't do uh actually that was that was a different day i think so that was nice and then the next day we got to this is the day that you abandoned us uh got to go out with buka and the great joel larson and we went to a restaurant in Stockholm called the Harry Pig, and it was a wild game restaurant. I had basically a big platter of meat, and it was boar and reindeer. And I've had reindeer before, and I remember really liking it. But I was like, you know, maybe that was a one-time thing. It was just that special dish. It's fucking incredible. It is legit. I. Th- Based on my two experiences so far, the best meat I've ever tasted. Like, really good. Damn. So I'm going to be looking out for rain. I'm actually going to look for reindeer here. It has to be somewhere in Arizona you can find it. But yeah, I got to walk around Old Town, Stockholm. So it's, I don't know. Just really nice to be able to, like, sightsee a bit, you know? Instead of yeah. just sit in the fucking hotel and all that bullshit. Uh, but yeah, casting was great. A lot of fun. Obviously, the reception seems to be less polarizing for specifically my casting, which is cool. Um, but yeah, just had a lot of fun. How about you, buddy? Would you rather have a lot of people absolutely love what you do and some people hate what you do or everyone like what you do? Oh, oh, like instead of love. Yeah. Definitely the former. Love and some people hate. All right. Okay. Because that means you're doing something right. Because like, if you look at literally any celebrity, even the most mainstream and pop, most, most popular, there's some people that absolutely hate them. And I'm probably right. one of those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depending, true. Depending on the celebrity. But if you're just good at something, then you, know, you can be replaced, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. if, people, if there aren't people that... Like, if the people that dislike you don't exist, that means you're not worth their time to hate, you know? If you're worth their time to hate, I could take that as a compliment. But the thing is, like... <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> for my... I don't know what's changed. Maybe it's we're just better. I don't know. Like, I know we're better than we used to be, honestly. But I don't think that's the main reason. Like, my casting was way more polarizing before. Yeah. I'm not sure what's changed. Maybe it's because I took a two-year break and people just, you know, a lot of the casting is very similar style, so there's not really 
you gave everyone else time to decay while you were on hold and you came back and relatively you were much better than before to everyone else because they everyone is getting worse <laughs> all right i appreciate but that i guess that's you're a very, you're very welcome so how was your how was your esl trip uh yeah it was a lot easier for me uh weirdly enough in order to get to stockholm i had to fly through the netherlands from denmark oh well there were two options it was either that or flying through another stop in denmark because the direct connection that there used to be um doesn't exist right now i guess it wasn't profitable enough during covid there wasn't enough demand right uh, and i i don't know if it's coming back anytime soon but i believe there used to be a direct connection for me to stockholm so anyway that was a bit weird, flying southwest to then fly northeast, but that's how it is sometimes. Um, yeah, the event itself was nice. Uh, I liked the hotel. We didn't really talk much about that, but it was nice. Especially, I think, for yeah. you, because you hate European hotels generally, but you thought this one was decent, I think. Um, at well, least, question mark. Okay, so my last ESL experience, which was two months ago, or whenever the hell that was, ESL one summer... I had a very large list of complaints. It was actually quite bad. Our talent handler was terrible. Our hotel was terrible. The studio was terrible. You remember I was talking about sweating my balls off constantly. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if like some talent just don't complain. Like they, they're too afraid that it'll offend. I don't know. I don't know what the reasons are. But you know me. I don't give a shit. Like if they don't hire me because I'm complaining about something that I think is important, then whatever. Uh, so I gave this list to Shane, <laughs> and shout out to Dirk as well, uh, and they fixed literally everything. Like, I had no problems. The hotel was great. Uh, the studio, it was a brand new studio, so that was going to happen anyway, so nice air condition, and the talent handlers were amazing. So yeah, actual zero complaints. It was much, I think much the standout, the standout thing for this event was probably the talent handlers. I hope we get to work with them again. Um. These two talent handlers that we have have never done esports before, but they were really, really nice. They were very friendly, very lively. They did a great job yeah. uh, solving problems before they even happened, which a lot of the times at events, as you can imagine, with a lot of people involved in all of the logistics, sometimes things come up and you need to uh, get a solution for them. But honestly, most of the time, they already figured things out with like food and driving and everything before it even became an issue and just communicated very effectively. So that was great. I, they worked in apparently the music industry. Yeah. So they do concerts primarily. I would think that they're, they, they're used to more prima donnas than what esports provides. Yeah. Right. So maybe it's even easier for them. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, they were great. <clears throat> so compared to that, your measly complaints were nothing. I didn't complain once. I know. But at this trip, at least. If they would have been at the last event, they would have been like, yeah, this is more like it. That's what we were used yeah, to. that was bad. Uh, okay, or anything else? fucking shrimp cocktail? Because I forgot about one thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I, okay, so while I was in... <laughs> while I was in... I don't even think I told you that. While I was in Germany with Shane, Purge, and Slacks, we went to a modern art museum. Oh. Oh, my fucking story. God, dude. All right, I I posted some pictures on the on my Instagram, and we walked in because I like you know I like going to museums. I like seeing stuff like you know and so you know even for art like I know sometimes I don't really understand it, but I can appreciate it on some level. We started going through this fucking museum, 
every art piece I went to, I'm like, I'm look, I'm looking at slacks and everybody. I'm like, are you fucking? This is not art. This is. There was one piece of art that was literal garbage. That is not. I'm not saying that like you know everybody says literal. It was literally made out of fucking garbage. There was another one that, and I posted this on Twitter. It's a big portrait, and the entire thing is blue. It's just one shade of blue. There's nothing on it. That's the fucking art piece. I had to take a picture of it because I thought I'd be going insane if I like woke up one day. I'm like, there's no way that was real. Right? I took a picture. I can look at it every day now to understand that that's real. There was it's just one a canvas with blue on it. Yes, there's a canvas with just blue, and it was getting to the point where I was laughing hysterically, walking around this. Well, then it this was an experience. No, no, no. Okay, that's so. That's, that's exactly. Art. So art is how you interpret things, right? And mm-hmm. it's how you experience it. So I'm laughing hysterically, and everybody else in the museum, or in the art, whatever the fuck it's called, art museum, is walking around silently like, hmm, yes. Uh, like they're taking it very seriously, like very pretentious. I'm like, there's no fucking way that you think this blue portrait is art. Are you an idiot? I hope you yelled at all of them. There's one piece. It's a picture of a piece of toast. When we left the museum, they were selling it. And all of us other than me bought it because we couldn't believe that they were selling that shit. We actually think that they're catering it to people like us that cannot believe that that's considered art. So we had to buy it. Dude, you got, they got got. So we're going around this museum and I'm seeing like this just like i cannot begin to tell you how many are so fucking garbage okay and uh-huh. we get to one and this is where i embarrass purge a little bit cuz purge you know he we found out that he's uh he's not great at confrontation and mm-hmm. he the last thing he wants to do is step on people's toes and i have another story about this that i have to tell actually so sorry about the long stories today uh but there was this piece it, what was it called? It was like something passion, like the great passion or something like that. And it was like little squiggly lines. It looked like a literal five-year-old drew everything. And it had a bunch of penises on it. Just a bunch yeah. of like penises like you would see like some teenager draw. Some of them had like sperm coming out, jizz, whatever you want to call it, Cinderin. There was yellow lines. There was white lines. There was red lines. There were brown lines. What do you think that those uh, signified? Apparently, I don't know if it's actually made it, but I was saying this out loud as we're looking at it. Oh, that's blood. That's semen. That's urine. That's feces. Guess what? It was. And I was saying this out loud, and Purge was, like, Purge was so embarrassed, he had to like move us to another room. And I'm like, dude, you realize that's literally what the piece is about. It's the first piece that I understood in the entire museum. <laughs> So, and then we ended up... This picture of him pulling (laughs) you aside to give you a one-on-one in a side room. And then we finally got to some areas where the art was much better. Uh, (laughs) We we did get to a section with Picasso, which, by the way, not a fan of Picasso. I know I don't understand it. I'm going to admit to that right now. But some of it was, even by Picasso, it was so fucking bad. Uh, But yeah. So that, so that we was... got to some of the better bits. Here's something by Picasso that was also garbage. 
I mean, yeah. Okay, but I have one better. more one more story story about Purge, okay? This okay. one I thought I was going crazy when this happened, Cinder. We were at the hotel in Germany and I've started a new diet as you know where I'm not eating mm-hmm. uh carbs. It's like a keto thing. No carbs, no sugar. And we we're having breakfast at like 6 a.m. the first day in Germany and, you know, for the most part, it's just a normal breakfast, but they just don't really have much meat. Like there's, there's scrambled eggs, and then they have like this meat paste. It's like liquid meat. I'm not gonna eat that shit. They don't have bacon, so I'm like, huh? I should go ask them for if they can make me bacon. So Purge's like, don't do that. That's really rude. That's that's extremely rude. I'm like what? What do you mean that's rude? It's, I just want to ask if they can make me bacon. So keep in mind, I worked in the like service industry. I I understand what it's like. I'm very nice to these people in general. Okay, so I go up and I ask, "Is there any way that you can make me bacon?" And Purge the whole time is like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he's doing this. So rude." And the guy's like, "Of course, of course." This is like the front reception guy. It's like, "Of course, give me your room number." I'm like, "Okay, whatever. Give my room number." We go to the next day, no bacon. So I go and ask the cook. I go around the corner and ask the cook, "Hey, is there any way you can make me bacon?" He's like, "Oh, of course." We can make you bacon. No problem. He makes us bacon, me and Slacks, eat it. It's literally the best bacon I've ever had in my life somehow. Maybe it's because I've been so deprived, but it was so good. And Purge just refused to eat it. And he continues to say that he thinks that that is rude of me to ask for bacon at a hotel because I am... What's what's the way... Well, what do you think about that? Is that rude, Cinderin? Don't he says that I'm so. inconveniencing them, and I'm like, it's or, literally I mean, their job are, to be inconveniencing are, them. Job. Yes, yeah. and Slacks was trying to play the you know the neutral guy. He's like, oh yeah, you both have such good points. Blah blah blah. He's the one eating fucking bacon with me every day, and he's trying to play neutral. He's getting the benefit of me having the confidence to ask slacks. for bacon. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> That is very slack. It's so, like, oh, <laughs> I see both sides of this, but this bacon is delicious. <laughs> oh, I love the bacon. Yes, of course, of course. So, yeah. But uh, Purge, of course, nice. you're right. Yes. <laughs> but let's have another one. <laughs> uh, and Purge would just eat uh, the liquid meat the whole, the whole, uh, whole week. So, oh I goodness. guess. Out of principle, even though you guys said the bacon was amazing and they were making it already, he still wouldn't touch it. That's right. That is so Purge as well, that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's... It really is. I mean, I can respect that. I can respect someone who sticks to their principles. That's if that's your good. principles are absolutely insane. Sure, but, sure thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. So my <clears throat> two cents on this: you're at a breakfast in Germany, mm. and they have the other components of a classic English breakfast. It sounds like they had like sausage and no, no sausage. eggs, right? No, no sausage either. They no. only had eggs. Yeah, only it's eggs. And so then... weird. Like, why do you make scrambled eggs in a hotel breakfast and then not bacon? I, I and mean, they clearly had it, right? Like you yes. went and asked them, they had it in the fridge. Yes, they had it. They went and just cooked it for like. Why is it not there by default? Are they cutting costs? <laughs> I mean, I we're just going to keep some bacon questions. in the fridge in case some American tourist comes and asks for bacon in the morning. You know? I mean, that's exactly what happened, right? I, mean, I thought we were super fuck? American. <laughs> like, <what's happened? laughs> and then maybe they use it for like sandwiches at lunch or something. And they it, have it like yeah, it is on the menu, like in the service menu or whatever. But yeah, I don't. No yeah, idea. That's probably what it is. Yeah, we would just ask for okay. bacon every day, and it was amazing. So 
Yeah, you you specifically set an alarm. You told me this. You set an alarm at 6 a.m. every morning yeah. to go and have bacon and then go back to bed. That that's, is that's fucking right. commitment. It must have been really good bacon. Dude, I... Or your diet must have been killing you. Well, the diet... I wasn't even on the diet for that long. It actually was the best bacon I've ever had. Uh, it was extremely good, but... That is... I... I I can I can appreciate good bacon as well, but I don't know if I could get up at six a.m. to have bacon and then go back. To Keep bed. in mind, I was horribly was jet lagged, really so I was waking up at six a.m. anyway. So it wasn't like I'm literally waking up for bacon. It just happened to align, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's, that's what you tell everybody. But was it the same for slacks though? That's a good point. <clears throat> uh, okay, mm-hmm. let's let's move on uh, to the actual ESL one tournament. <laughs> uh, so obviously we cast a bunch of it. I cast, or you cast the group stage and the playoffs. I cast the playoffs with yep. you, TGov, and Kyle. Any and surprises, Effie? Cinderin? I did not cast with Effie. Oh wait, Effie didn't cast you. You meant she was just supposed to, cast. but she refused. Once and she Cap. saw me cast, she's like, "There's no way." I'm yeah, casting that's a guy. wise choice. Uh, <laughs> Kept it a little bit of remote as well, uh, right? Yeah, and Moxie. I, I wasn't naming everybody. I was just saying who I've cast with. Oh, got it. Okay, right. But sure, yeah. there was a lot of people. So, yeah, there. well, yep. Uh, it was a great tournament, actually. I thought it was uh, yeah. pretty competitive. The groups were not really particularly balanced, but that was really hard for them to predict. Mm. Um, actually, yeah, tell oh, me about the group yeah, stage yeah, a bit, because I didn't, in Germany, I guess the one complaint, mm-hmm. the hotel internet was not good enough for me to even watch Dota, so I didn't get to watch any oh. of it. Oh, yeah, that sucks. That well, the group A was the group with VP and Tundra on top. VP didn't lose a single game in the groups, and Tundra only lost to them. So it was like very heavily tiered. Um, basically, the scores in that group were 10 0, 8 2, 6 4, 4 6, 1 9, and 1 9. So there were like two clear bottom dogs here, and then um, the rest was like competitive, but still clearly like tiering. And then in group B, it was closer. The two top scores were seven threes, and then it was five five four six four six three seven. And unfortunately for Team Liquid, who was the second four six team in Group B, um, they didn't get to play a tiebreaker game to see if they would advance to the playoffs because the tournament had tiebreaker rules in place that removed any need to ever play a game. It was something I can't remember what the system is called, but it's one that's being well, used in chess. Are you talking about um, you're talking about Liquid, not Alliance? Yes, you said Alliance. Did I say that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Liquid. Um, There's a system in chess. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, But basically what you do is if the teams have the same score, you look at the head-to-head, and that one was a draw. And then the next step is to look at how they placed against the top teams of the the group. Hmm. So if they have the same score against against the first-place team, you look at their score against the second-place team, etc., etc. And Liquid got eliminated on a tiebreaker there. Um, So... Oh, Neustadl, that's right. People are saying that in chat. Right, the Neustadl score. I believe that's correct. Sure. So, yeah. Um, sounds very German. It would be yes. very German-like to invent a system that removes tiebreakers because that would be very efficient. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at the sense. groups, it is kind of weird because you have two teams. I guess Thunder Predator, you, don't, you never know if they're going to be good because they, yeah. they had one major, they're amazing, right. and then... I guess it, now that I look at it, I can understand because you have like Creepwave is the only one that's not really a sponsored team, right? 
Yeah, but the thing that was interesting going in, I was talking to Moxie. She knows a lot about SA Dota, right? That's her, like, region that she cares about a lot. And she said Thunder Predator is the best team in that region. They got 1-9, and Beast Coast got first place in the other group. Mm. So it was, like, really... It seemed like Beast Coast just hit their stride in this tournament compared to the other SA teams that bombed out in bottom bottom place in each group. So that was kind of interesting to see Beast Coast be that much better on this patch. Um it's worth keeping in mind that there's a new patch, of course, so that will favor some teams inherently, the ones that are faster at adapting or whose hero pools get better the fastest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the playoffs came around. Uh, VP crushed in round one, so it looked like, okay, VP's just going to keep rolling. But then they lost twice in a row. Um, to get third, LGD got second, and first place went to Tundra, which was really cool. And it had the community up in arms, like, how is this team not a TI? I'm not going to go too much into, like, the whole, like, line of reasoning that people come up with or whatever, but the qualifiers are over, guys. You're not going to randomly just put in another team that does well in a tournament that happens after the TI qualies and start a huge discussion about, oh, why are Alliance a TI when Tundra isn't, when Alliance literally outperformed them in every qualifier tournament of the year, except this one. Yeah, I think part of it is... That's just stupid. It's literally just stupid. I don't think they should be going to TI. It's not like they got fucked royally or something like that. But the way that I look at it is the DPC season is obviously flawed and it's going to, you know, I assume a lot of it's going to be fixed. So opportunities for Tundra to have, you know, had more points because like if Alliance goes to two majors, completely bombs out, but still makes it to TI, that probably shouldn't happen, I would assume. Um, And then it feels really right. bad for Tundra to make it to the grand finals of the qualifiers and lose in five games. Uh, I understand. Like, I totally empathize with them. I know how fucking frustrating that must be. But within the scope of the system, yeah, we can discuss whether the system is good or not. But within the system that is in place, Tundra was not treated unfairly in any way. They just weren't good enough when it mattered for TI. They didn't qualify in the qualifiers themselves, and they didn't get DPC points throughout the season because they were consistently beaten by teams like Alliance in the points tournaments. So then we can discuss whether you should be able to go to TI from just making two majors. That's a different story. And I'm with you. I don't think TI qualification should be guaranteed by getting top two in your region only and then doing nothing at international events. Um, But yeah, within the scope of the system, it's fine. And keep in mind, if we did this like quote-unquote, usual or past TI systems, Tundra also wouldn't have qualified. They wouldn't have done better in the old DPC systems or in the old invite systems because in the old invite-only system where we didn't even have qualifiers, Tundra wouldn't have played this tournament when the invites went out, right? Mm. More than likely. So this also wouldn't have mattered. I think um, the way for, that I... That I, I, don't, like yeah, I, I don't disagree with any so. of that. I agree. It, And again, part of it is just you feel bad because you know that Tundra is a TI level team. They are mm-hmm. like they are right now. I get it. They are it clearly better than Alliance. They yes. are clearly better than possibly every South American team. Yep. Uh, South America is kind of like all over the place. They get three teams. I know some people aren't happy with that. Uh, I I mean they shouldn't have three teams. It should be probably two. But that's just how the DPC season worked, right? So you got to right. work out those kinks in the following season. That's how and... it worked out because Thunder Predator got a good placement at an international event. Right. And the fact that if, South America if is the so... If SA teams had qualified and bombed out, they would have only had two teams. I mean, so it, they it, did better than Alliance. If they so had one team that right. just dominated the whole time, things would be different. But because they're just constantly flip-flopping, these three teams going, you know, 
one's the best one week, uh, another's the best the next week. That helps them all get It is in. technically possible to have it happen so that only one team goes from SA, I think. Then one yeah. team needs to win every qualifier there, and the teams that get second need to be different, mm -hmm. and the teams that get second need to also not win on an international stage. So it's like multiple things need to align. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of with you, though. I think three teams is probably over-representation of the region, but I think two would be fine. Like, that's also what we had the previous years, right? It's 18 teams at TI. I think it should be so, two minimum from each region anyway. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, and that's kind of what the system has accomplished with its setup. There is two from every region, uh, but then it's debatable whether it's maybe the right teams from the region based on international performance, but it's obviously the right teams based on local performance, right? Alliance has earned every right to go to TI from Europe because they won the European qualifiers. Then there was all the drama with using the coach. That's a separate story. Like if we factor <laughs> that out, that. <laughs> if we factor that yeah. out entirely from it, then that's also part of the reason that there's so much drama about alliances that they just have a lot of haters from that incident. Um, mm. Yeah, we've covered that in a previous episode, so I'm not going to go into that anymore. But yeah, that's that's part of the reason. Um, so, but yeah, it sucks. Tundra are really fucking good. They played amazingly. It was cool to watch. Uh, they had a lot of really really creative strategies with heroes. Fato was playing five Night Stalker, five Monkey King. Uh, I think they were kind of the team that pioneered five Pango in this tournament as well. He just played all sorts of different stuff, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, I would love to see them at TI, but it's not going to be this time around, unfortunately for them. Um, yeah. But they peaked too late this year. Uh, and th that's always going to be bittersweet, right? They get a first place in a really prestigious tournament, but it's not TI qualifying. So that's a shame. Yeah, and like you said, they played PSG LGD. Uh, who was without nothing to say. They were playing with Zhao Wei the entire time as a mid laner, and that's their coach. And remember, he's very old. He's their, He's, he's been captain for years. Oh, this narrative, and I he, hate it, man. He played like three heroes, and one of them was Spirit Breaker mid. And yep. their lineups were so crazy. It was a lot of fun. Part of it is yeah. like were fun. his pool of heroes is probably not that big if you want to play mid lane. Uh, but also mm. the patch just coming out yeah. opens new strategies up. So it, it was really cool to see this uh, like different meta kind of develop. Um, but yeah, th that tournament was a lot of fun. Glad to see Tundra take it though. Uh, was I don't? Yep. I think one. I think Purge actually predicted them to win. He Purge the predicted it when the playoffs started. He was the one talent that selected Tundra. I think yeah. most selected LGD and VP. Actually, maybe all of us selected LGD and VP except Purge. Probably. I picked LGD myself. Um, I picked VP. I don't know. There's something about VP. I still just need them to. Like, they were 10-0 and in groups, and I still had this feeling they're not going to win. Mm. And it's just because I guess I need to see it first before I truly believe they're a championship team, right? Because they're really fucking good. It's, mm -hmm. But when it comes to that, like, X factor in these tournaments where it drafts start getting a little bit wonky or you try to curveball your opponents vp were kind of following a they're kind of following a script in their drafting more than the other teams lgd and tundra had way more in the bag than vp did and they just beat them on strategy largely uh in some of the games anyway so yeah but yeah so, cool tournament that's a lot of fun was there anything we can just we don't this doesn't have to be a long discussion but was there anything from the latest patch 7.30 or 7.30b that crept mm. its way into play that surprised you or you're happy to see like what changes uh do you think were impacted um, from the patch itself mainly just hero pools right we had some support heroes being played mid and we had some 
core heroes being played support. I mentioned the Fatsa heroes, for example. Then we had mid-Caudal, because Caudal got buffed a lot. It was kind of one of the big stories of the tournament. Um, I think there was another support being played in mid as well. Or maybe I'm just thinking of Nine playing Winter Wyvern, but that was last patch as well. Oh yeah, by the but way, Nine, Nine was definitely the MVP of the entire tournament. Yeah, he played incredibly the whole tournament as well. So yeah. But yeah, that was the main thing for me, honestly. I mean, if you think about it, the patch didn't change much macro, right? It didn't change gold income, it didn't change map layout. So it's literally just about hero pools and how you set your lanes for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, the definitely first... some creativity. I think TI is going to be really cool from a drafting perspective. If we have a patch similar to this, it might get tweaked a little bit because I think some heroes are too good, like Coddle. Um, but you can be really creative, I think, with some of the heroes and have some very flexible drafts, which might be great news for LGD, for example, um, who have very, like, you know, they have a couple of Wings players and they have very wide hero pools, except Xiao8, who played mid for them as a stand-in. Um, <laughs> Nothing to say, place all sorts of stuff. So I think they're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming in. So at the beginning of the tournament, people were spamming Helm of the Overlord. Mm -hmm. And it got nerfed, but the nerf wasn't that big. It was like a couple hundred gold, if I'm not mistaken, increased to the recipe. But then we just yeah. didn't see it picked up almost at all. I think I cast one game with it, and it yeah. didn't have a good win rate. Do you think it had mostly to do with uh, the nerf itself, or people just getting used to the play style and how to counter People it? getting used to it. That's it. So you think it, it didn't need to be nerfed technically then? I don't necessarily think so now, right? It looked like it, but... So what happens at the start of every patch that makes it really difficult to gauge is that... I think in the last two or three years, from what I can remember, every time there's a major patch that changes a lot, there's some heroes that always get a massive win rate increase, even if they're unchanged. One of them is Lycan. It's just because when the map, when everything is new and people don't really know what they're doing, which heroes are going to thrive? The ones that are no-brain, high-impact damage with summons, right? Where people don't know the timings and they don't know uh, how to... Okay, that was maybe a little bit insulting to Lycan players, but you get the idea. <laughs> um, like, you summon all your shit, you go and push, and you go and fight, and people don't play the map very well... So you lose towers you shouldn't be. You don't understand the timings of when you're strong and weak. So you lose fights that you shouldn't be taking. Mm. And the heroes that thrive off that are like Lycan, Beastmaster, uh, Lone Druid. These heroes that are just like, just ball down towers and have summons. And their win rates are really high. So obviously people are like, oh. And then they're buying this Helm of the Overlord item and just destroying games. But eventually when... When teams get better, especially in Pro Dota, get better at dealing with this strategy, it, it doesn't seem nearly as strong anymore. Um, but I think in pubs, Lycan is still pretty terrifying. But he also got buffed. He wasn't unchanged this time. He got clearly buffed, too. Um, it's quite bright in your room, but yeah. it looks fine, okay. though. Looks fine. Yeah, I don't know why. It actually isn't that bright. I have my lamp on and I have like my curtain half the way down. You I don't know great. why the shot looks like I'm what the fuck is actually happening? <laughs> oh no, I that shouldn't have said so anything. Wrong. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, Cinder has like O C D with trying gonna, to fix this shit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fix it. It's fine. Right, I'm just good. surprised <laughs> that the camera interprets my room like this. It's really not that bright. It's just normal in here. It's weird. All right, great to hear. Great to hear you guys. Shit, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> There's an angel outside the window. Yeah, apparently. Okay, uh, let's move on to a very new segment we're going to be doing for the foreseeable future. 
Uh, we have partnered up with SAP. If you guys haven't heard about them, they're a company that specializes in esports analytics, and they've given Cinderin and I a special tool to look at little stats, little nuggets here and there. And we thought we could make this a cool game that we just do every time now. So I'm going to ask Cinderin a question every week, multiple choice usually, and then he'll ask me, and we're going to keep score, okay, over time. Mm -hmm. And in addition to this, which I'll talk about this afterwards, we're going to ask you guys to give us a question to answer for next week's episode as well. But we'll get to that after this one. So Cinderin. Yes. Have you used the SAP tool to to find something for me? Is this the question? Do yeah. I get a point if I'm right? No, that's not the question. Good yes, try. I have. Good try. Okay. I'm going to ask you mine first. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Yes. And you can probably guess what the subject is. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So at ESL 1 It starts fall, with A and ends with GZ. Actually, not technically true, Cinderella. It's not ags related. It's not ags. I mean, oh, what? It's shard okay, related. Shard. Uh, well, that's also <laughs> ags. At ESL One Fall 2021, what was the highest win rate shard with a minimum of double digit purchases? So they had to have at least ten purchases during the right. tournament. And it's the highest win rate of those. Okay. okay. You just said that one time. Now you said it twice. I I'm explaining it for everybody that's not a robot. Can you explain that can't it one more time with different words. All right. So pick A, B, C, or D. That's Can you put know, it in a sentence? <laughs> so option okay. A is Clinks. His shard is the when you come out of invisibility you get the two skelly boys. Uh, is it B Leshrac with the split earth multiplying multiple times? Is it Batrider with the two flame breaks? Or is it Kotol with Recall? I think Klinks was not played 10 games. And if he was, he didn't pick it up in every single one of those. But his win rate was really fucking high. So if if he was played 10 games and bought it every time, he would have like an 80-something percent win rate because that was his hero win rate. Okay. I don't think Kotol bought it that much. Like... You know what what's hilarious? Said, if you ask hmm? me a question, I'm just gonna say the letter, and here okay, I'm just hearing it. <laughs> All right, Batrider is in fact incorrect, Cinderin. <sighs> so let me go in order here. Coddle was 12 games where it was picked, as in the shard was t- picked up, mm-hmm. 58% win rate. Okay. Batrider, 12 games it was picked up, 66% win rate. Leshrac, 13 games it was picked up, a 76.92% win rate. And Clinks. Oh, so you did get it 10 games. 11 games with a 90.91% win rate. That means every single game that Clinks was played in this tournament, they bought Shard, actually. 100%. They won almost every game it was played in general. They won 10 out of 11. Yes. Damn. I should have I should have been able to guess that actually, but I really I remember watching at some point the scoreline for Clinks or the pick line was like something like seven one or eight and one, and I couldn't pin down if he was picked after that or if he bought shard every game. But he did buy it every game. 
So that's good to know. All right. A uh, quick question. Are we doing negative points? Can I give you no. a negative? Okay. So you're still at no, zero? You can't. Is that <laughs> you can't give me a negative point for answering completely fairly and asking relevant questions. That's what do you mean? That, that would be fun. Okay. See how here is my question, is. Shannon. All right. <clears throat> and we should keep in mind here that this is the start of this uh, of this competition or whatever you want to call it. Yes. So we're giving each other easier-ish questions in the start. Yeah. And then gradually we're going to ramp them up or whenever we want, we just make them fucking impossible for each other because that's funny. Okay. That's right. That's right. But if it is impossible, we will give multiple choice, right? So it's always a decent chance of getting mm -hmm. it right. Okay. My question to you shouldn't be that hard this week. What is the most picked hero in all of Dota 2 history and pro games? Is it A, Earthshaker, B, Lion, C, Rubik, or D, Vengeful Spirit? Okay. It's not Venger Rubik. What were the other two? Lion or Earthshaker? If you were to say the last three years, I would say Lion, but I think all time, I'm going to go with Earthshaker. All time. That is incorrect. Fuck! <clears throat> Do you okay. want a second guess? Well, now for that, zero points, but just for fun. Now that you're saying that, it's definitely not Lion. What were the other two? Venge good, and. Good read. Good Venge read. and. <laughs> Venge and Rubik. How could they. How? It can't be Venge. Rubik. Yes, correct. How? Okay. The bonus most. question. Okay, hang on. I'm just doing some really quick math here. How much more is Rubik been picked than the second most picked hero in percentage? Percentage? Yeah. Well, Actually, you know what? Let's not do that. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. Just so Rubik has been picked roughly 26,000 times. The second most picked hero is 16K. How? He has totally dwarfed everyone. It's not even remotely close. I was surprised too. Like Rubik would have... It's not surprising me that Rubik is most picked, but by this much is fucking insane, actually. This hero has just been relevant for so many years. Like, think about it. How many TIs, how many seasons there's been? And Rubik has always been relevant, right? Man, you could have said it's Morphling like, or Naga, and I would have picked that too, by the way. Because every TI. Yeah, they're has relevant to TI often. That's true. But yeah, Rubik's it's just, just been TI. like. Was there a year that Rubik was bad? I think the worst Rubik has ever been is probably the, this year. Right, yeah, he's just been great always seemed good. So that's it's kind of it's kind of not that surprising that he's the most picked, but the fact that he's like he's almost he's more than fifty percent picked over the second one, right? Right, right. Okay, so yeah, maybe we that's get crazy. a graphic. Chat's asking for that. Maybe we get a graphic with our score. Uh, maybe you can give us suggestions yeah. on if negative one should be our score. <laughs> I don't think we need a. I don't think we need a graphic because we're clearly not getting anything right. So it's just zero. <laughs> That's yeah, fine. that's true. So uh, if you guys want to help out, uh, be sure to leave your comments uh, in the YouTube video as to what stat that you want to see. So try to come up with some crazy ass shit and we'll pick one of them and then give you a shout out next week and give the answer to it. Okay. But in order to be eligible, you have to type in hashtag SAP esports in the comment. Okay. Hashtag SAP Esports. And also... So that Shannon can parse them. That's right. It's very easy to parse. And I'm going to send a link, or I'm going to uh, put a link in the, the chat right now for Twitch, and it'll be in the YouTube description as well. If you guys want to visit the link, it's basically information about SAP, and it helps us if you click it. So thank you. 
But yeah, should be a fun segment going forward. Uh, I those were the easiest questions we're going to give each other. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, it's so we're gonna... off to a great start with zero points. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so. multiple choice will always give a decent chance. I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next section, Cinderman. Uh, this one's really weird. So. China is apparently going to significantly limit video games for people under 18. So I'm trying to look at the... I think you're only allowed to play... Shit. I looked at this earlier and I already forgot. Let me see the actual amount here. Um, So what I'm reading is you're banned from playing video games entirely between Monday and Thursday... And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you can play one hour a day. Right. So three hours a week on three specific days. Okay. What do you think about this? I think it's absolutely fucking stupid, obviously. Uh, I I don't know why you even asked. Um, (laughs) That's the discussion, technically. (sighs) Okay, so... This is basically... Okay, so there's two options here. Either it is A... Here's multiple choice for you, Shannon. Is it A, (laughs) person out of touch? Is it B, person trying to manipulate the population? Or is it C, both? Both. What do you think? Both. Both is correct. Thank you. Actually, we don't know. I don't know if he's out of touch, right? They might know exactly what they're doing. But, okay, so my read on this is basically you're trying to limit... limit the population's exposure to international communication right that's kind of what i'm reading here Mm -hmm. if you're but it's only video games right it's not computer usage so you're allowed to be on forums and chat and stuff right or i don't know is it specifically just games that's what it reads here but i don't know like because in that case it's like people out of touch as in oh games are bad for the population it's unproductive or oh people are gonna they're gonna develop bad habits or that's what it sounds like it sounds like something from the fucking 80s you know which is weird because china is really good in video games they have world champions across multiple titles mainly league of legends and dota right they have incredible players in these games and the industry is huge they have tencent so Mm -hmm. like what's going on here i don't know this also hasn't been implemented right it's something that uh xi jinping wants it's said here he wants to ban them. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a variety of things. It could be a statement he made in ignorance. It could be a statement he made because he doesn't like that his son isn't out playing football. It could be, you know, like, or what do they play in China? They pl- probably play uh, snooker. China's very good at snooker. So maybe he wants his son to play snooker. Snooker. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, it's just... I, I, you know what? I feel like this is not going to get implemented. I'll just say it. Like, why the fuck would this get implemented? I mean, I feel like I if it's there implemented... was something in the past, right? There's been other statements like that, like sensationalist headlines about China yeah, and gaming, happened... and I feel like they don't get put in. What so happened to the credit I don't really believe system it until I see it. in China? Is that actually a thing still? Do you know? I don't know, but I know that one of the. I think this was. I don't know how many episodes ago, but I think we were talking about something that China was going to do this or that about video games, and I don't think it happened. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I Some don't know. of these like extreme sensationalist headlines obviously get a lot of clicks and it's interesting news and it gives some perspective, but that doesn't mean it gets implemented or at least not in the form that it's presented, right? So I'm not gonna predict. I would take whether, this one with a grain of salt. Like, come on, one hour a day, three days of the week, and banned every other day. Like, seriously, I won't predict whether it's it, gonna happen or not because you never freaking know. But if it if did, this happens, it's really fucking sad. Yeah, if it happens, it's very but, sad, and obviously will uh, stunt the growth of every single esports title in that region. Which obviously that's big business for a lot of companies, including like you said, Tencent, which is you know, their headquarters are there. Uh, but at the same time, depending on how parents view this, I would assume they can just be used, like the kid can just play on the, the adult's account or something as well. Or they can just move to a different country and play there. That's easier said than done. Send it, send just it. do that. Just move. Yeah, well, if only life was that easy. But yeah, I'm sure there's workarounds worst case but yeah i this would be really shocking if it actually went down because that's like a step towards like i'm not going to compare but uh, it's like when i think of this i'm like that's like a north korea kind of thing you know like jesus mm. christ that's like extreme levels so hopefully it doesn't happen but we'll see just thought it'll be yep. interesting to bring up okay for sure next thing on the list uh, Tim the Tatman and Dr. Lupo have abandoned Twitch to go to YouTube Gaming, Cinderin. And obviously these are two enormous streamers for Twitch, or they were. Now they go to, to YouTube, which we've seen this before, obviously, in many different, you know, Shroud and uh, Dr. Disrespect and... Well, I guess Shroud technically went to Mixer, but then got bought out of that again and went and back, back to, to Twitch. Twitch. He got like yeah. the double dip right there. That's that's the good shit right there, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, but right now, like really, there's as far as I can remember, there's only three streaming platforms. Twitch is the big one. YouTube has a great infrastructure, but their UI is like horrendous for like if I was trying to search for a live stream, it's actually difficult. I literally don't know how to do it. I have to just Google it. Uh, and then the third one is Facebook, which I don't think anybody actually thinks is going to do anything. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Because I, th I think we agree on the sentiment that this is good overall because the more people that go to YouTube, the more scared, I guess, Twitch should be, uh, which is just the nature of competition, which means that they're going to try to up the ante, so to speak. I think the one right. thing that YouTube has twitch beat on which is not even close and i think it's mostly because twitch doesn't feel the need to do it because of the as i said competent the lack of competition is the quality of video is absurd on youtube you can stream 4k you can stream such high bit rate it looks i mean some of you guys saw this i think it was a singapore major right was that streaming 4k on youtube it was so fucking amazing looking that when you go back to youtube or when you go back to twitch it's like are you kidding me 6k bitrate on 1080p like if you're watching on a 4k tv you can even on a not like on my 1440p monitor you can tell the clear difference not remotely close right. so i'm hoping for my sake and everybody else's that that's at least one thing that will come from this eventually but who knows and you could have said in the past that that would make sense right because money YouTube has 
so much fucking money and Twitch didn't, but then it got bought by Amazon and Amazon right. has a lot of money. I've heard, I've heard that they have a guy who's rich and maybe he can. He's an know, astronaut now. Yeah. Very rich. Yeah, that's true. He went to space. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do I think about this? So there's nothing disclosed in this about the, the trade-off. Uh, I'm just going to assume that they didn't just leave because they were like, oh, YouTube is better. Uh, they probably got offered a significant lump sum to make this switch, similar to uh, the mixer uh, switches back, I don't know when that was, a year or two ago. Um, I wonder what the contract entails, right? It's kind of interesting. When you have this big of a following and this huge of a channel on Twitch, the deal has to be really good or there has to be like secondary benefits that aren't just of a monetary nature for you to make this switch, I think. Mm. Um, I don't know if the contract is more lenient so they have more like family time or uh, like whatever it is. I, I, I don't know what kind of contracts these top, top, top streamers have with Twitch. Like if there's like a requirement for... Um, the type of content that they run or how many hours a month they stream. Uh, I can say from my own perspective with how I stream, I have like total flexibility. There's basically no demand except uh, in order to re meet bonus incentives, we need to play a set amount of ads every month. But that's it. Like the, the base deal is there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is for these guys because I think they have like some extraordinary deals with sub splits and uh, ad revenue, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe that's it. Uh, maybe they feel like there's more growth potential there. But I think overall, they probably got offered a big bag of money, right, to go and make that switch. And if you're a YouTuber and you want to beat Twitch, you have to buy out the big names. Because if there's one thing I've learned about streaming is that the thing that's honestly king is consistency. And Twitch have the market majority and they have streamers that are exceptionally active and consistent with streaming. So people will go to their computer. They'll be like, oh, I want to watch a stream right now because I'm chilling you're going to go and watch what you always watch. You're not going to go to YouTube and go through 17 submenus and be like, hmm, I wonder what's on YouTube today because nobody fucking knows it even exists. So, you know, you got to be, you got to get the names over there so that people make the switch for the person that they want to watch. And it was the same logic with Ninja going on Mixer, right? Um, yep. Now, what YouTube doesn't have or what it does have is the video quality. I think what they're lacking against Twitch is primarily the culture and in order to get the culture, first of all, you need to make a better chatting experience. Mm -hmm. um, and you need to get streamers that have a big culture as assigned to their stream to make the switch, right? And this is the one step with Dr. Lupo was huge in particular in Fortnite. Um, Tim the Tatman was more variety, I think, um, playing a lot of different stuff. I think Lupo also did more variety over time but he got big uh, playing alongside Ninja primarily in uh, Fortnite's golden age, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, but yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, like we've always said on this, broad, on this, on this podcast, um, competition like this is good because in the end, the winner is the audience most of the time anyway because when there's competition, the Twitch and YouTube will be, you know, upping the quality or upping whatever it is. And in the end, the beneficiaries will be the viewers and the streamers alike from getting better deals and better content. So yep, stuff like this should be good overall. That's right. And segueing to our final topic of this evening, more competition is mm. theoretically better. Intel is entering the GPU race for PCs, Cinderin with 
arc. Yep. So I'm going to read a little blurb. Intel is branding. Stock right now. Intel is branding its upcoming consumer GPU as Intel Arc. This new Arc brand will cover both the hardware and software powering Intel's high-end discrete GPUs, as well as multiple hardware generations. The first of those, known previously as DG2, is expected to arrive in the form of codename Alchemist in quarter one, 2022. And that's soon. Yeah. And they have more GPUs that they haven't revealed quite yet, but they've teased with code names Battle Mage, Celestial, and Druid for future generations of the Arc GPU. So, again, I don't know any of the actual details. I don't know if there is any actual details on these. Obviously, Intel has been making GPUs for many years now, but they're mostly like onboard, just stuff that your yep. motherboard comes with. Like, in fact, I. I'd be surprised if they don't have the market share on just regular graphics cards. Like that just seems like a no-brainer. Like it's just. Built I think they have the most onboard ones, in especially laptops, right? Right, but then when it Integrated comes to graphics. discrete graphics cards, obviously it's AMD versus uh, Nvidia. Nvidia. So it would be very nice to get a third party in that discussion. I don't know if this is actually going to happen. If they're actually gonna be good enough, but and it's I'm still curious what they're gonna compete on, right? Because there's multiple ways of competing here. You can compete on just the overall strength of the card, but you can also compete on price because with Nvidia's cards, what they've started doing lately, right, is when they release a series, there's like the top top echelon card, which is way more expensive than the second best one mm-hmm. for a for the most part relatively minor performance increase, at least for most people, right, for what they do. So what Intel could do is, are they going to launch a line of cards? Are they going to launch one, which is then perhaps not as good as NVIDIA or AMD's best cards, but it might be better than their second or third best at a lower price. And that, honestly, I think if you were to, like, this is just 100% just a guess, right? But just like a feeling. It might not be a bad strategy if you're entering this space to not try to have the flat out best card, but to try to have the best value card, right? Mm. Um, I have a feeling that might be what they're trying to do here, that they're not trying to beat the absolute, absolute, absolute best, but that if you could have, like, what was the, what's the last ones that came out from NVIDIA? The 30 series, 3000 The 30 series, series, right? And the most expensive one is the, is it 3090 or is it 3080? Well, whatever. Not that it, I'm not not sure what's actually out right now, but it'll be the the one 10 below it is not much worse but a lot cheaper and maybe you can still compete with that card anyway just speculation from my part i don't genuinely know anything about this but i think that would be a cool strategy for intel to use here um, either way if they're competing if you think even about in, uh... it if you try to beat the best card what how big of a market share are you actually getting like how many of the gamers are buying the best of the best card mm. it's expensive no oh, that's true as long as you're so. competing with a general line I guess of products from these from either AMD or Nvidia yeah. that's good in and of itself because that's going to lower prices as a whole and yep, exactly not only that but um what was I going to say the the fatigue is really kicking in oh but it's okay with the lack of like people can't find graphics cards right now right so having a third like Intel has a shit ton like in Arizona, they have a huge Intel campus. I know they've just expanded it. So 
they're going to have even more product coming out because of this. So yeah. that that should help people That's at least true. find some cards that more are availability. At least reasonable. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and I'll keep the rest in line. Both. AMD. I'm really curious I about. I want to say ATI, but AMD and Nvidia. You're curious what? Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I'm curious about this, like how good it's going to be, because um, it feels like the status quo in graphics cards has been the same for a long time, right? Like AMD and Nvidia have like fought each other for who has the best or best value cards or whatever. So having a new player at this like production capacity enter is really interesting. You know, um, I was, so I'm curious how well they're going to do. I don't know if this is possible. This is just me talking out of my ass. You know, it'd be a genius thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. is because this would like help with their the way that the public looks at them create a card that again reasonably competes with some of these other cards but have it be extraordinarily fucking bad at crypto like it's actually just dog shit crypto <laughs> then more uh. people are buying this card because that's what's available and they're you know a lot of people don't use or don't mind crypto like I wonder if that's possible. I know that they tried a lot cards to do that, but because uh, back yeah. in the day when crypto, like when Bitcoin was a thing, I remember it, back then it was called ATI. ATI graphics cards were actually the ones that were really good at it, and mm-hmm. I had Nvidia, and it was real bad, so I never did any of it. Uh, but that's obviously changed a bit since then. But yeah. okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of episode 118. Thank you all Damn. for joining us. Cinder, a pleasure as always. Thank you yes. guys for bearing with us on the week off. I think for future tournaments, we probably will do this a little bit more often. Uh, if we're both at an event, it's going to be hard to do a podcast. We could try to squeeze it in before. Uh, it just depends on... like. Basically, what I'm trying to say is we're not going to kill ourselves to try to get an episode out if it's just super inconvenient. Yeah. But we'll play it by ear and obviously let you guys know. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good day. Have a yep. good Have a life. good sleep, Shannon. You Thank you. Enjoy your nappy, nappy time. Please stop talking so I can sleep. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.